What is up, everybody? This is Sports on the Brain, and I am your humble host, Mondo. And this episode, we are talking New York Knickerbockers basketball. And as bad as the season has been, there is light at the end of the tunnel. But that light is being blocked by Julius Randle. Don't take my word for it. The great Tune Day will be in the house to discuss exactly that. So everybody, strap in and let's get it on. I'm not sure if all of our audience actually understands what's about to happen. So I just wanted to take a moment to illustrate how important and big this is. Because on the upcoming segment, we have Tune Day. Tune Day's coming in. I've known Tune Day for over 40 years. He's my brother from another mother. But it's even bigger than that. Tune Day is... I'm not really sure, but I just wanted you guys to know that Tune Day is coming up next. (laughs) He's awesome. He's awesome. He knows his ish. Was that all right, Tune Day? Did I uh, intro the guest adequately? Tune Day is coming up. We're talking some Knicks. Yeah. And as just a quickie, this segment was recorded a few days ago, but... um. It's about Julius Randle in the next, and I think it's pretty appropriate now, and it probably will be a few days from now or after the season's over. So just wanted to say that. And we are here with the great Tune Day Franklin. The where, second are, mo- where are we? We're here. Where's here? Sports on the Brain. All right, all right, all right. And we are here with Tune Day, the second most knowledgeable Knickerbocker fan on the planet Earth. Anyway, so we so we, we so we we literally talked just a couple of days ago, and I guess I wanted to talk with you and get your feedback uh, really quickly and specifically because uh, we talked about the young kids and the Knicks, and I think we're going to have opportunities to talk about it. But what what I wanted to talk about specifically right now was something and someone that we've talked about during the season, and specifically this game, Julius Randall, and um, you texted me during the game. You know about how he was, how he was, and I, I didn't, I didn't see everything, but I think the, the biggest thing that I did see, and I wanted to get your feedback on it, was literally the end. It seemed, it seemed like the end was probably a perfect microcosm of everything that's kind of going on with Julius Randle right now, and leaves you dumbfounded. It leaves me. I mean, I'm kind of like, what the heck is that as time expires and the Knicks hold on and we beat the Chicago Bulls, who are a formidable, formidable East foe. And it's a good win. We continue a four game winning streak. And Julius Randle flips the basketball behind him and walks off the court while the rest of his teammates are celebrating. So I'm going to give it to you. I'd like to get your feedback on on Randall and specifically last night's game. And then we can kind of talk a little bit about what next. 
Well, I mean, as we mentioned before, and, and last night's performance, I, I didn't see the majority of the game until pretty much halfway through the, the second quarter. But um, it was just weird. It was bizarre. I mean, here, here you're talking about the leader of your team who we said it before, 25 points a game, 10 rebounds a game, five assists. He is your leader of this team. Not only do you lead on the court, but you lead off the court. And as you said, four-game winning streak, beat a team that was in the play that's in the playoffs, that's fighting for positioning. And at the end of the game, what does he do? He flicks the ball and walks off the court. There is some type of detachment that he has right now, which nobody seems to understand and know why. But for some reason, he wasn't out there celebrating with his friends. I mean, his teammates. And who did they interview at the end of the game? Did you see who the interview was? Was it RJ or IQ? It was um, RJ. Right. Yeah, well, he's, he's, he's the face, man. Exactly. And he will be the face of this franchise going forward because we always talk about having a leader in this team. And if your leader cannot lead and instead he's living a life of isolation while playing with his team, then what does that tell you about his commitment to this team and in particular his teammates? I mean, we all played sports, and, and you know how it was when we were playing football at Brooklyn Tech. We were all a brotherhood, and we supported one another through thick and thin. And when you have something like this where you're not even trying to enjoy and celebrate a good, tough win, I mean, what does that say about you as a person and as a leader? And so I think we have to question, is he going to be a part of this team going forward? Because we, we can't have that type of an attitude. A me first. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, I mean, we talked about it before the trading deadline and, and, and ever since. And then once again, it seemed like there was like this brief period that he seemed to kind of like, I mean, his game has improved the second half of the season. I mean, there's no doubt about it. He's playing better basketball. And, but then for a while, it seemed like his head and his heart was in the right direction and then all of a sudden, once again, it is, um, I mean, I don't know. Like you said, I mean, it's 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 bizarre. I mean, you're like, what is going on? Because, you know, I, I had been thinking earlier. I was like, well, you know what? Ever since the whole thumbs down thing and his like all F you to the fans, whether he said it or not, but that's kind of what he was saying. Um, you know, and the fans really, really, gave it to him good and i mean what would you expect <laughs> i mean what would you expect in new york right so and then you know but to the new york nick fans credit and the garden was sold out last night or it seemed like it was sold out last night for 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 a team that in all likelihood is not going to the playoffs you know so 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 nick fans are showing up and they're dying to support this team and they are and they're it, it always seemed like they were like really really dying to support him and all he had to do is just just not just not do dumb dumb stuff like this i mean i i just i don't get it i don't know where it comes from i mean maybe you know and i'm i'm empathetic if something's going on if he's dealing with something if something is not okay you know, obviously that is going to, going to affect someone, but strictly from a basketball point of view, to your point, which I think is 
probably the most important one, if we're just talking basketball, is that you are supposed to be or were slotted to be and paid to be the leader of this team. And for the longest time this year, you've kind of dropped that into the lap of R.J. Barrett. And to R.J.'s credit, even with his kind of little ups and downs with the scoring, the shooting percentage, and the free throws, he is he's taken the mantle of leader on this team. And no one has said anything disparaging about R.J., but I can't imagine... I can't imagine, but I'm I'm curious as to like how that locker room is. I mean, is it is it is it is it as disconnected behind the scenes? It obviously, looked like it was on the court last night at the end of the game. Yeah, well, you know, it's interesting for the size that Randall is, and you know, he's such a big, athletic guy. I mean, if he was walking down the street, you know, he would intimidate you. He's a big guy, right? And yeah, so. Absolutely. For someone that's so big and has a big game, maybe he really is a lot more sensitive than we really give him credit for. I mean, think about the fact that when the fans booed him, he did thumbs down. You know, that's a sign of someone being sensitive or just dumb, right? And so last night, he played 28 minutes, but he shot one of nine. And when you're shooting like that, the fans in Madison Square Garden, they're going to tell you how they feel about your game, right? And so they were chanting for Obi. Right. So these are Randall's stats. 28 minutes. He shot one of nine. 0 for four from three points. He did have 13 rebounds. He had four assists and he had five points for the night. Obi, on the other hand, had 20 minutes. He shot six of 11, three of six from three point, had two rebounds, no assists and 17 points. And so when you just look at that, it looks like he had more of an impact when I say he, Obi, had more of an impact on the game. And if you think about it, when the game was on the line, for the most part, Obi was in there for the fourth quarter until the lead started to come down. And then that's when Tibbs went ahead and substituted Randall back into the game for Obi. But when you hear those stats, right, you don't really think that that Randall affected the game much. But when you look at the plus or minus, Randall was a plus seven for the game while Obi was a minus two for the game. But I think what the fans are seeing is they're seeing this youth of this team and they want it and they see how much of a team player Obi is and the rest of these young kids. And that's what they want. They're clamoring for that for the future. And Randall is someone that is sulking. He's already in, in, you know, talked about the fans by giving them the, the thumbs down. He insulted the fans. And so I, for the most part, you know, he's a really good basketball player, but I think he's worn out his welcome in New York right now. Yeah, no, I I, I agree. And I mean, and, and to your point, you know, like you said, the plus minus, if, if, if he had, if his attitude was different, if his demeanor was different, if he went out there and he was like, I had a bad shooting night, but man, you know, he, 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 he crashed the glass and he, and he, and he did other things to contribute and he was happy and rooting for his teammates and the fact that, you know what, instead of being like, you know, pissed off because the, they're rooting for Obi for a variety of reasons, every single reason that you mentioned, you know, that's why they're rooting for him. They weren't even, they weren't even dissing, you know, Julius Randle. They were just calling for Obi. So yeah, you know what, should he take it personally? I don't know about that. Should he hear it? Yeah, of course. They they want him. They want him to come in and replace you, you know. And it 
it, 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 it is the attitude portion of it. It is the history with the fans. And it's, and then I think on top of that, it's his reluctance to do anything about it. And, you know, I think, uh, you know, there was an article in the post uh, today by Mark Berman. I don't know if you saw it, um, where he's like, is he, is he kind of pulling like a James Harden at this point right now? Is he like, you know what? I want out. So I don't, I don't give, I don't give a crap. I want out and you know what? I'm going to make it so that you guys kind of have to move me. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I don't think there's any doubt that the Knicks want to move Julius Randle. I think that whatever doubt there was going into the trading deadline, if there was any, and then, then deciding like, well, you know, let's wait until the off season or at least, you know, until we kind of make a decision. I think that's already done. You know, I, I I think that that is a completely um, non-discussion. I mean, right. Jul- Julius Randle has to be out of New York. It's just that how how are Leon Rose and the rest of the front office going to facilitate him going out of New York? Because I don't want to see him on the team next year. I don't want to see him going into camp next year. I'm so excited, and we talked about this on the on the on the last episode. I'm so excited about from what I've seen from these young kids, how they play, you know, to, to you know, the enthusiasm they, that, that they that they show, you know, to Alan Hahn. He, I mean, uh, Wally Serbiak used the word joy, which is true. I mean, they're, 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 it's, they're so happy to play with each other, for each other. I mean, they're kind of like, you know, and I think the garden sees that, you know, like like you just said, the garden sees how these guys are playing. They're playing hard. They're enjoying it. They're playing for each other. It is that brotherhood. And a brotherhood like that in sports doesn't necessarily mean that everyone are best friends or they get along or they hang out afterward. But that brotherhood is something that kind of brings you together on the court or on the field. And that and that, and that is what the Garden and the Knicks fans want. And it just seems, once again, like, you just don't get it. I mean, maybe. Well, you know, you know what I was thinking about, man. Listen, yeah. All these athletes say they want to play in New York, and what what did Randall say when he signed with New York? We're back, right? We're back. Right. It takes a certain individual to really learn how to play in New York and embrace this city and deal with not playing well and hearing those boos and not letting it affect you. And we've only seen that with a few players that have been that have come to New York. We've seen it with Melo when he came to New York. He accepted it. He accepted the booze and he stepped it up his performance. Amari Stoudemire was the same thing. And he he accepted it. He was like, New York basketball is back. He played hard. The fans loved it. The fact that he got injured, you know, couldn't do anything about that. Randall embraced it. You get your first year here, it's your honeymoon, right? Your second year, you do well, you make the you uh, you exceed everybody's expectations. You're the four seed in the Eastern Conference, and you lose in the first round, right? So the thing is, third year comes along, a little bit of adversity hits, and all of a sudden he's ready to leave the city in a sense. Mentally, he's not saying it, but his actions are looking like he's ready to leave the city. Well, I mean, and you know, let's let's take it in t- into that direction because you brought up like you know you brought up Melo and you brought up Amari, and you can go into other sports in this city, 
you know, and and, and we see it. And I, it's not like it's just a New York City thing, you know. But I think New York City, it's a is, hard place to play. It's a hard place to play. But I think that, like a lot of maybe not every other place, and I and let's just we'll just stick with New York, is that those players like. You know, Mello, for all the shortcomings and all the whole, the ball disappears with him, this, that, and the other thing. And Amare, you know, he comes in and then like, you know, two years later, he's broken down. Those dudes played their tails off. Yes. And they and they loved being here. And even with like whatever your deficiency was, whether it was physically with Amare, whether it was just kind of like, you know, maybe defensively a little bit with Mello and, 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 and other players throughout the years. Every single player, I, I would ask anybody that's out there that's listening, that if they if they can think of something that they disagree with this, hit us up on Twitter. Let me know what you think. But I can't think of a single athlete in New York City that has busted their tail and gone through not just the good times because that's easy, but has gone through the difficult patches and kind of kind of pushed through it. And really, really kind of kept their head down and worked their tails off that the fans did not stick with them. You're right. You're absolutely right. You know, and and that and I think that is um that I mean that's a testament to once again, I'm not gonna call him out because I don't know him, you know. And so I'm not gonna challenge his character. I just think that you know what? Simply some cats are not wired for New York. You're just not. You know, you 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 are just not and um and when you get one of those guys, I mean, and and then the, and they embrace that situation, that challenge, that atmosphere. I think that's where that whole love fest begins, you know. With, with you know, like I said, whether 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 you're talking about, you know, Joe Klecko, listen, Chad Pennington on the Jets, to, to to everybody else, and I'm not even a Jets fan. You can so you could tell me differently, but to everyone else out there, Chad Pennington was, you know, he was a good quarterback from Marshall. He played okay with the Jets, but. I would probably say Jet fans love him, right? Jet fans love him. <laughs> I mean, and we can go down the line with Knicks. You know, we talked about it so many times before, whether it's Allen Houston or LJ or Starks and a whole bunch of other dudes. And even, you know what? Even though he's gotten beat up, man, oh man, Charles Smith. I mean, <laughs> you want to talk you want to talk about a dude that took a beating. Yeah. You know, and he and he didn't hide and I don't think that he's necessarily going to have his he's not going to have his jersey retired. But guys could at least like respect that he just kind of was like, you know what? Hey, listen, you know, he didn't he didn't like hide under a rock or something like that. And it, it's just kind of disappointing. And, you know, it. yeah, I think that. Juju well, you know, ran- I, you know, part of the reason I think the fans are extra hard on Randall is, I mean, it's, it's a lot of his body language and the facial expressions that he makes. And if you're having a bad game, just take accountability just say, you know what? I got to play better. This team has to play better. But for me, I'm the leader. I have to play better. And then come out the next game and and show it. Don't always look like you want to argue with the referees. Yes, they're going to be bad calls. There's going to be missed calls. But you know what? That happens to every player in this league. And even if you're a superstar, that will happen on occasion. But he's not being viewed as that superstar right now. But if you stop arguing and just get back and play defense and, and play offense and play hard, the city's going to love you. Well, I agree. And I think I think at this point, you know, I think that's the the, the jury is in, you know, uh, you know, Julius Randle 
would it would be I do not bet, but it would blow my mind if Julius Randle was on the Knicks after uh after the draft. You know, or, or or at least sometime before training camp begins. I, I just I just can't see it happening and you know, it it'll be and we this this is this is another part of the discussion, whether we talk about it now, and I'm sure we'll talk we'll definitely probably talk about it, you know, in the upcoming weeks and stuff is how how do you what are you going to get for him how can you move him um and thankfully in this day and age you know the contract that he signed i mean really there's no contract that's not tradable anymore i don't know how they they, they like i said they figured it out but you could trade any contract right but it's a know? good thing he didn't sign that max extension right exactly yes. so so yeah so i mean like we've we've said before is in the right situation you know, where he doesn't have to be the leader. He doesn't have to be the man because not everybody is. It's it's not a horrible, horrible thing. You can't have 10, you know, leaders on the team. I mean, everyone could be a leader, but you know what I'm saying? You know, right. everyone's got to be the lead dog. So he doesn't have to be the lead dog. And I think that if you can get him someplace, please trade him out west. You know what? Swap him for Zion. Bring him here. I'm, I'm cool with that. <laughs> you know, I mean, I mean, Zion looked like he dropped a couple pounds. He can do the, the, the what is it, the East Bay funk dunk, whatever it is, you know, mm-hmm. in between your legs and stuff like that. Right, right. But, uh, you know what I'm talking about. I know. Um, but, yeah, I think he, he's got to go, and um, I think it, it will be addition by subtraction. You know, yeah. I, I just I just think so. Yeah, I think, unfortunately, it, it didn't work out for Randall in New York like we had all hoped and expected that it would. But, I mean, you never know. You take a gamble. And um, last year, we really thought it looked like it was going to be – he was going to be here for, for a while. And this year, for whatever reason, you know, not sure if there was something like you mentioned going on in his personal life or whatever the reason, he's just not the same player mentally that we all expected him to be and the leader. And so I'm with you. I, I don't think he's going to be in this team next year. And hopefully they do trade him. They trade him out west to somebody and um, we can get something in return. I agree. And time to move on. And that is the special edition of sports. Sports on the brain with Tunde, my brother from another mother from back in the day. Rolled up till now. Yeah. That's why he never was a professional singer. And on that note, everybody, peace. Lita. And so. <laughs> Just book him, Dano. Hawaii Five-0. Come on. Who hasn't watched Hawaii Five-0? Not the one that's like from like five years ago but the one from the 70s that one was the best one but anyway another episode of sports in the brain in the books covering the knickerbockers and the julius randall saga with the great tune day we're gonna be talking about this more and we got some special things coming up so tune in subscribe hit me up on twitter and just hang out because we are going to do it and do it right So like I said in the beginning, I will say here at the end, strap in and let's get it on.